What is going on? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another fabulous installment of the Matt and Dennis Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dennis Whitson. Joined alongside the Queen Wave. He's bundled up in his Teeper Temple U hoodie. Because it's coming down like a banshee in Michigan, apparently. Matt showed yep. me the video. I synced it. Mr. Matt Scarano. I don't. Dennis, I'm good. Yeah, just got home. Uh, literally, as it was starting to come down, and the wind is picking up, and you cannot see very far out there, which is, uh, I know that's kind of your stick, and you enjoy that, but it is not mine, and I do not like it. I do not necessarily enjoy what you showed me. That's just snow coming down. And you can barely see that it's snow because of how much the wind is moving. I like just the nice, calm snow falling down. Starts to accumulate on the ground. Things look pretty until the plows push everything around with the dirt and sludge and mud and sides of the road get gross. But other than that. This is that time of the year where I start really hating it here because after this little storm we're supposed to get tonight that's happening right now, um, the temperature really doesn't go above like five degrees for the next week. Well, and I feel like we do this as a collective of the human race, at least that live in colder temperatures during the weather or during the winter, where we're just in like November or December. Like, oh, it's not, I mean, I golfed in December down mm-hmm. here. Weather's in the 40s, maybe it's in the 50s. It's going to be a bad winter. It's going to be no snow. Global warming is upon us. And then around the end of January, everything kind of changes. The month of February is just an absolute horror show for most of the country. And then maybe you can get a little bit of a break by mid-March. But honestly, we're all baseball fans. We see what the middle of the country, sometimes the Northeast, looks like when baseball season kicks off in April. It's still pretty damn cold. Mm -hmm. Yep. Maybe global warming further behind than we thought. This is, I always Probably not, but maybe. I always miss my good old days in Florida. I miss them especially at this time of the year. Well, Matt, maybe one day the sun will shine on Michigan. Maybe not. Nobody knows. Seems like a long shot. Ah. Well, Matt, that's it. What do you want to talk about? Uh, well, it's been a good show. Uh, it's been wrap. Matt and Dennis weather show. Uh, tune in. Uh, tomorrow we'll have a sports episode out. Uh, see you later. Now, Dennis, we got a Super Bowl coming up. We do. Are you excited at all for it? I feel like this week has flown by. But I haven't really paid any attention to the media days or the talking heads at all. So I don't know if that's a good thing. But at the same mm-hmm. time, like the hype really isn't building for a Super Bowl. Yeah. I feel like even though Brady's in it for a 10th time, mm-hmm. uh, the Chiefs are back in it for a second straight season. Mm-hmm. I still am kind of excited about this one. But at the same time, I don't have that hype going into Super Bowl weekend. Right. Yeah. Well, Dennis, I think... Me personally, I'm excited about it, um, and, I, and I'm excited about it really not for any of the external factors, but mainly because just like you briefly mentioned, Tom Brady's in it, you got Patrick Mahomes in it, two stellar quarterbacks, obviously the, the career of Tom Brady, and just in a general sense, two good teams in Kansas City, who was my preseason pick to not only win the Super Bowl, but repeat Super Bowl champs first time in 15 years, something like that. Um, Repeat? Yeah. Who were the last team? It was the Patriots. Was it it oh? Yeah. They go four oh five, oh five oh six, something like that. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for all that. Like the matchup's going to be good, and there's been a lot of matchups in the past where I wasn't necessarily like, "Eh, this matchup kind of stinks. This is going to be fun, but just like a really entertaining matchup. Headline wise, it's a good matchup. It's it's sexy. a word that we just use to describe a few things. It is a sexy matchup. Um, but uh, my opinion um, on answering your question of why you or some other people may not be as excited, this is, and I'm not going to use past tense because we're still going through it, is an exhausting year. Um, even though we're in 2021, it's been an exhausting year. And there are a lot of other things, whether it be in your personal lives or in the news and television, that have just exhausted people and have taken a lot of other people's attention and, and, and energy and put them elsewhere than to buy chicken wings and try to make predictions as to what's going to happen in this game. I think it's going to be entertaining. Um, 
I mean, I, I think another thing, maybe this, I think there is some level of Tom Brady exhaustion uh, involved in this where it's just, Oh, it's Tom Brady again. I know he's going to win because whether or not Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl, we're not going to be like, wow, Tom Brady, that guy was a bust. Or, wow, Tom Brady is the greatest. We know Tom Brady's – his history is is built. It is it is sustained. It is there regardless of what happens in the Super Bowl. So that could be part of it. But I'm excited. It's – it's I think a lot of it too, Dennis. And we'll, we'll talk about this. It's one of those external factors I briefly mentioned. But I think there were some concerns even before this matchup was set in stone that the Super Bowl would actually happen. And I think how terrible an unlucky year it's been. Some people are still like, eh, what is it, Thursday afternoon? This may still, this still may not happen. And if you heard, I don't know if you heard, you just are nod. Are really saying that? Well, I don't know if you heard about this barber story. Like a haircut barber? Yes. Person. No. So I guess you haven't heard about this. So uh, a couple of the chiefs went in the protocols. I'm pretty certain it was because of this. And the chief's barber that the majority of the players on the team use, um, and he's just in close proximity, so it's kind of similar. Like he gets tested out the wazoo all the time, uh, whether he has symptoms or at close contact or not, and he gets tested. And I guess the, the like 20-something players, including Patrick Mahomes, were scheduled to get haircuts by this the chief's personal barber, the team barber. And the team barber was in the middle of cutting someone's hair when he got positive COVID test results. So if this happened from what I'm understanding, what I heard a day later, that would have meant like 20-something players, including Patrick Mahomes, would have had to go through NFL COVID uh, protocols, which from my understanding would have lasted at least four days. Mm-hmm. So there was a real possibility that the Chiefs would have been missing half of their team because they had to get pre-Super Bowl haircuts. And you that's just, you gotta look good, baby. And that's just one example of think of the the countless games that got that got canceled or got moved or teams that had to miss uh, star players, huge parts of their team because mm-hmm. of silliness. Sometimes they had COVID, sometimes they didn't. Sometimes they just have to go through the protocols. So I think in the back of people's heads, there's still the possibility that that COVID obviously is going to play a significant role in the game, but that it could literally play a role in the game itself of who has all the, the pieces of the puzzle that they need to win. So I think there's a lot of exha- exhaustion, excuse me, surrounding this. And I think a lot of people are hesitant that the game would even happen, but well, it's Thursday night, and knock on wood, the game is happening. Uh, we can talk more about the actual preview of it. But, yes, to answer your question, I am excited. I really love this matchup more so than a lot of matchups in past years just because Patrick Mahomes is one of the best, if not the best, young quarterback we've seen. And Tom Brady is the best quarterback that we will ever see um, when his time in the NFL is done. Yeah, uh, I just to – the barber thing is wild. I did not hear that because, again, like I said, I haven't been paying attention to anything really NFL-related. Uh, I have to imagine, though, that that's – I mean, I understand you have to go by NFL protocols, but they by no means want to delay the Super Bowl or they will by no means play this game on any other day of the week besides a Sunday. It's just Super Bowl Sunday is a thing. It's a staple in this country. For the world, in fact, with how many people are going to view it, there's millions of dollars invested in that time slot for CBS this year for those four or five hours that the game will be televised. It's happening on this Sunday, or I mean, I don't know when they would delay it to. I guess there's really nothing standing in its way for the rest of the month. But they could, they could do one of what were they doing back in November where they were like moving games like five o'clock on a Tuesday. Well, yeah, you can't interrupt Big Brother in uh, NCIS Las Vegas. Yeah, here, and Dennis, let me interrupt you one more time. I just pulled up the article. I'll give you a brief. This is from Chelsea Rochelle from Yahoo uh, Yahoo News and the Independent. Um, yeah, so on Sunday, 20 members of the Chiefs, including Mahomes, were waiting to have their hair cut when the barber's rapid test results came in. Sources told ESPN reporter Adam Schefter, 
At the time that he received the test, the barber was working on backup center Daniel Kilgore, who is now in COVID protocol right now. Um, and uh, yeah, Shadow reported that the stylus was removed mid-haircut. Um, and I guess <laughs> Daniel Kilgore actually tweeted uh, a picture of himself with the hashtag new profile pic, where his hair is literally half cut. Uh, so kind of poking fun at the situation, I guess. Um, and wide receiver Demarcus Robinson, who was the other one that was in contact with this barber. Um, but yeah, both an NFL mandated five-day isolation. Prior to the haircuts and this test, the barber had five COVID tests recently, all came back negative, and then had this test literally moments before test or giving a haircut to the rest of the team and Patrick Mahomes. If I'm not mistaken, too, I believe Demarcus Robinson was one of the Chiefs that was inactive for the AFC Championship game because of COVID. I don't believe he played in that game. Um, obviously, obviously, we're talking about nearly a week to a week and a half later. Yeah. But I'm I, I don't sure know. I mean, how quickly would you be going to the barber if you weren't cleared at that point? I also just don't understand why this is. I mean, I get it. Fine. He's got COVID. And look, we've heard from players and coaches in all walks of sports. It, it could just be wrong place, wrong time for a lot of these things. It's not like they're disobeying the protocols. It's not like they're doing the wrong things, but it's you see one person and you don't know who that person's interacting with. It could just, it's an accident and it happens and hopefully it's not serious. And they, you know, don't have to miss weeks upon weeks, which is like, I don't know. I mean, you're in the NBA fantasy league that we are in. It's ridiculous how much time, but I understand they get COVID. They have to sit out for so long. That's the NBA protocol, but these guys are missing weeks damn near a month carl anthony towns is still not back for the minnesota timberwolves i so but are they not wearing a mask when they're getting their haircut is the barber not wearing a mask because i'm i'm assuming you've gone out and gotten a haircut in the last couple of weeks into the month you have to keep your mask on they have to wear a mask so and i would assume maybe even their barbers wearing gloves possibly i mean i know some Barbers do do that, and maybe they're taking all precautions for a football team getting their haircuts. So I can't imagine that. I guess, yeah, sure, it could be traced, but as long as they're not being careless, as long as they're not like, oh, we get tested every couple of days, we don't have it, we're fine. We don't have to wear our masks around each other because you see them on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. How many times do we see guys on the sideline with the mask is just hanging off their ear or it's down around their chin or it's, it's not covering their nose or they just don't have one? at all it's not like they're getting back to the sidelines immediately putting on a mask kind of like we have seen in at least in college at times college has been especially college football they're around the same but the nfl all season long even through the postseason guys are just on the sidelines with no masks and they're just talking one foot away from each other mm-hmm. it's like i understand you're all getting tested you're all under the same protocols but at the same time one little slip up is like what you're saying here could completely derail a team so, I, I mean, I'd imagine they'd be fine, but we can get into the actual game now because I'm assuming it's going to happen. I would assume I would hear at this point if the game was in jeopardy of being delayed because yeah. it is Thursday after Thursday evening at this point. Uh, but as far as the game goes, I am excited for the matchup. I, I think it's probably the best matchup we could have gotten as much as we probably would have wanted to seen the Bills reach the Super Bowl for that fan base, for that organization. Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the sport. Tom Brady is on his way out, assuming we know he doesn't have that many years left. He's not going to be playing another decade in this sport. So how many chances do they have to get to the Super Bowl? Because even though he is so great and he just proved once again in this postseason that he can do whatever he wants to still get to the Super Bowl. At times, it is very difficult to reach the Super Bowl year in and year out. So I'm excited to see both of these guys, even because I'm just looking at it through the lens of Tom Brady's on his way out and I'm not sick of Patrick Mahomes yet. I'm assuming maybe in five years we will have like that Brady effect on Patrick Mahomes where, all right, Chiefs are in the Super Bowl again. I really don't want to see this. Let's get somebody else in. But maybe I, I, I see that coming down the line. But I'm excited from a quarterback matchup-wise. And I'm just excited because I don't think it'll be a defensive battle. I'm really hoping we see something like that Patriots-Eagles game where both of these teams are in the upper 30s. And that's, that's, what, we, that's what we deserve out of this football game, toe-to-toe, 
Also, I would like it because I took a parlay in this game and I need both quarterbacks to throw for over 325 yards. But, you know, yeah, it's actually, I think it's a solid parlay. I need 25 rushing yards from Mahomes, 45 rushing yards from Leonard Fournette, and Brady and Mahomes both have to eclipse 325 yards passing. It's not out of the realm of possibility. It's 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 not, but I I wouldn't. Uh, I don't know. Ben the Mahomes one has me worried. Rushing twenty five yards, because you know he could have a couple of scrambles where the pocket breaks down and maybe he rushes yeah. for fifteen yards. But what's going to kill him is the sacks. Obviously, that's negative yardage for your rushing. So I don't know. I feel what like it'll look like that. I feel like while you're right, there's a lot of shootout football games, and if I'm putting my money on it. Uh, I would agree that it's not going to be a defensive match or a defensive game. It's going to be a shootout. But to that same extent, offensively, at least in the play calling in Super Bowls, until it gets into like desperation times or garbage time, the not even garbage time, I should say desperation time. I feel like the play calling is more conservative. Uh, conservative reserves yeah. yeah so that's that's why i personally probably would not take that part of life. but well i took it but if anyone and i have also thought that defense would come out on top for a lot of these games that we have seen and that has just not been the case outside of the ravens getting blown out of the boat against buffalo mm-hmm. we've seen some points scored in this postseason so i, yeah. I think well the- i think they know they have to score points because i think both of these teams are well aware of the dangerous offenses on either side. And if you go a possession without points, you could potentially put yourself down two scores. The the favorites, the favorites to do well in this postseason, though, also we're not going into this postseason like, yep, they're there because of their defense, defensive juggernaut. Like the, the, the they Packers, almost don't exist anymore. Packers they they exist. They're, I mean, were the, were the Steelers one of the better teams defensively I'm, I'm, in the NFL this year? And they looked like garbage against Cleveland. I was going to. The Rams were probably the hottest in the NFC. They I was really gonna, good against Seattle, but then Green Bay had their way with them. I was going to say they 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 exist. They just don't do anything on the other side of the ball, so you forget that they exist, and no one no one cares that they exist as they shouldn't. Uh, when defense wins championships, but not unless the game is ending like three to two or two nothing. So. Uh, I thought you were going to continue. No, that's that's really <laughs> all I have. Yeah. Uh, um, here, well, let's let's do our actual. I mean, Dennis, I've been saying it for weeks, and although like a lot of heroes emerged, and n- neither of us had the Tampa Bay Bucks going to the Super Bowl. If you asked us, maybe in the last few weeks we could have said, yeah, that's a real possibility. But even halfway through the season, even into the beginning of December. They wouldn't have been on the top of my list, but as the season progressed, no teams really came into their own and kind of learned how to work a very wonky offensive system such as Tampa. And the only reason it was wonky wasn't because of the play calling or because of the coaching staff or Tom Brady or any of their weapons, but none of the, these weapons, this was like a smorgasbord of coaches and, and players that had never played with each other. And in a lot of cases are on the back ends of their career trying to make something work. And by the end of the season, fortunately for them at the right time, they made it work. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I think a lot of the teams I, I thought like Buffalo Bills, I said all year how awesome they were. I didn't think they would make it to the Super Bowl. I really didn't. Um, they had a good run. They got farther than honestly I thought they would. Same with Cleveland. Um, Green Bay was another team that really as the season progressed, came into their own, but fell apart when it mattered. Pittsburgh was leading the league at 11 and 0, but was collectively one of the worst 11 and 0 teams we may ever see in NFL history. Um, but yeah, I got to say, yeah, they were one team. I think when we went into wild card, super duper wild card weekend, that you would have the least amount of faith in. Because mm-hmm. if you watched any football, you saw the Steelers just completely unraveling down the stretch. So mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, to that to that point. Um, I, I'm sticking with my preseason gut that Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, the Kansas City Chiefs will repeat as Super Bowl champions. Um, I don't think either one of these teams blows the other out of the water. I think this is a close game. I think it comes – I don't know if it will necessarily come down to a dramatic uh, minute left, as we know, 
uh, Tom Brady um, playoff runs going to Dennis. I'm assuming what you were looking down at is the same thing that I just got on my phone. Um, Jason Garrett to the Giants. Um, but yes, I, I stick with my gut. Dennis, I don't know if you want to do points here. Um, yeah. Okay. Then, then in that case, I am going to. We can say, bet the spread too. I think it's three and a half right now. Three and a half Kansas City. I think so. I would take that because I'm gonna I'm gonna say 34-30 Kansas City is the final score. Living on the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, just to make things interesting, because look, I can't agree or agree argue with any point you're going to make in favor of Kansas City. They're back here for a reason. We saw. I mean, they 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 should have lost the Super Bowl last year, but it's Patrick Mahomes making some plays. All of a sudden, they get back in that football game. The Niners kind of unravel. The Chiefs starts rattling off points, and then their defense starts making a bunch of big plays, and they run away with it in the second half. Well, not necessarily run away with it, but points wise, versus each other in the second half, they they blew them out. But I'm gonna take the Bucks. I'm gonna take the Bucks just because it's Tom Brady. And I'm sick of betting against him and him just going out and doing what he normally does. And also, I think, and I'm sure people have talked about this, don't overlook the fact that Bruce Arians has Super Bowl experience. He was with a a Cardinals team that was in the Super Bowl, didn't win Pittsburgh Steelers with, uh, was it Santonio Holmes? It It was Holmes, right? That catch in the corner of the end zone? Yeah. So another great Super Bowl, but he's got that experience. Coaching-wise, same Super Bowl. He was with a veteran quarterback and Kurt Warner. I just think I like their I like Tampa's defense more. I like what they have up front, and I love their linebacking crew. If they can force turnovers, I don't necessarily believe it'll be easier to get Mahomes to call, to make mistakes, but they can force a couple of fumbles. Mm-hmm. They got a lot of speed guys in at the receiving core that – kind of run around with the ball just out there. If they can pop one and get one free, that that's a way to t- keep Kansas City's offense off the field. I think they can do that. And then also I, I have more faith in their running game. I think Leonard Fournette has actually been a much better runner down the stretch and through this postseason, definitely, than what we've seen from Kansas City. And those two things right there, if they run the ball well, and if they can force some turnovers, you're going to keep Kansas City off the field. That's the best way to beat this Chiefs team. So... They will have to score points, but I can I, tell you as a as a as someone that picked up Leonard Fournette about halfway through the season, he did very well for me. Yeah, I mean, it, so yeah, I, I mean, obviously that means you know I'm taking Tampa with the points, but score wise, to me it's first team to thirty five. I I don't know. I think it. I think it's it's too hard to keep Kansas City under thirty points. So I mean, maybe like thirty-eight, thirty-three. I, d- I mean, I d- mark that down. I have to write it down. And what is the what's the over/under for this game? That I don't know. I will tell head. you one second. I'm already pulling it up. Hold on. Uh, Super Bowl. The over/under is fifty-six. I'm taking that over. We both are having both teams score in the 30s. Yep. But that's a solid. That's a solid number. I'm gonna. That's like you say. If play calling is conservative, if the defense starts making wow. some plays, and we just see a couple of punts, especially early on in the game, uh, all of a all of a sudden you get to the fourth quarter, and maybe it's like 21-17. And it's and really not the, the. I could tell you right now, like the the winning the prize on that is not great <laughs> no i mean it yeah that's a that's a pretty low i wonder what the numbers are right now if more people are leaning towards the over i think that's the easy assumption like yeah both these teams yeah both these teams good did they both score 30 in the championship games yeah yes yes yeah, yeah right yeah i believe so, so I don't know. I just like I don't want to bet against the Chiefs. It seems really stupid, but it, again, I just can't. I can't bet against Tom Brady. I'm not going to do it. Well, speaking not, of not unless, <laughs> not unless this uh, pale face, grizzly, fe- grizzly beard, 
Some people refer to him as a uh, doof or a goober. He donned the number 10. If he's under center, maybe I'd bet against Tom Brady. I was like, are you, are you describing me when I, when I had facial hair? No, I'm describing Eli Manning. I feel like he always had a, like a little scruffy beard in the postseason. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Dennis, that would have been a great uh, segue. You were speaking of betting. This is one of the worst episodes we've ever done. That was it? That was your sentence? You were speaking of betting? You're hosting this one. I hosted the last one. Yeah, I don't care. We can go back and forth. Okay. But that that didn't sound like a proper end to your sentence there. You were speaking of betting. So, Matt. I said said, you said you were talking about betting, and I said that would have made a great segue. Like, speaking of betting. Oh, all right, all right. I didn't hear your first part. Like, speaking of bet, like – would have made a great segue. All right, I derailed what segue you might have had in your head by right. talking about Eli. From the top. Oh, Dennis, you were talking about betting. That would make a great segue. <laughs> God, this is we lost all our listeners in Romania. I think they're holding out. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're there. Ireland, maybe. But I think I think Romania will hold out. But Matt, we were talking about it before the show started. And we said we might as well save it for the show mm-hmm. because we were talking about betting as you say sports books are live in virginia i've been down the rabbit hole not putting up every shekel that i own little bets here and there the scarano bets if you will mm-hmm. the ones that aren't going to pay off super highly i guess maybe you grab you a big chunk of change well what you're telling me is you hit a nice one days ago you want to enlighten the folks even though the uh, city of houston took a big curve on your chest last night yeah, the entire – yeah, well, I've, I've been playing like, oh, it's, it's been so much fun. But, again, I can see, like, when I turn on the radio and they're like, if you have a gambling problem or this and that, call this number. When I, I go can, into the app, that's – it literally starts with it on top yeah. like that. I'm like, all right, I get it. I can absolutely see how that – how people could, like – like, if you're, like, really in, like, dire straits or, like, you're really wealthy, I can see how this would become a problem for people. I can absolutely see it. That's – an why I love doing my Scarano bets because they're very small. And I just, I, I think I am. And Dennis, we talked about it. You were like, like this, like college football. I didn't really care, but you were like, you know, if you threw this like little online sports betting in the equation, you may care more about the teams that you don't typically care about. Example, Temple or other American teams um, or the, the big games at the end of the year, big bowl games. But um Something I've learned, I, I know college basketball a lot more than I guess I gave myself credit for, because that's kind of where I've been making the, the DraftKings or the online sports betting bread and butter, is doing very small, like two or three bucks, just like go spending money, you find some spare change laying around, and you go on, you drop two bucks, but you do like a pretty significant college basketball parlay. So for example, Saturdays at noon, from like between the time period of noon and three, and there's another nine or 10 hours of basketball following that. But between noon and three, you could get a couple big matchups, but then you could get like Western Michigan taking on Southern Illinois Edwardsville. Uh, it was one I was watching say, no, it was Southern Illinois Edwardsville versus Tennessee State. What's the name of a real school, Edwardsville? Yeah. And you could literally put two bucks on that, and you could pick Bryant. Mount St. Mary's at four, then Radford at six. And then that those are done by the seven, eight o'clock games. And you put two or three bucks on it. Like you said, you're not making life-changing money and it's not paying your rent, but you can get, I've gotten as much on a two or $3 bet on like a five or six game parlay. None of these are like toss-ups. Like I'm going for ones that are for the most part locked in wins. And for two or three bucks, you're getting like 20 20 bucks well like you said where you said you know the city of houston lets you down last night and that's just mm-hmm. because you're betting on houston university loses the east carolina right. terrible loss for that yeah, they look awful in it last night to I be did. 16 point favorites like you said if that was the spread but to lose by nine right east carolina is not a good basketball team so well whatever happened right and for people that don't really aren't like dipping their toes into this yet obviously like houston is the favorite against east carolina if you just say, yep, Houston's going to win, you're probably not getting a whole lot. But the spread was 16 points, which is, regardless of how big of an 
like uh, favorite you are, 16 is a risky spread. Like Gonzaga is like 25. That's yeah. as good as Gonzaga is. That's still a risky spread to take. And naturally, honestly, you should have taken East Carolina to cover. I think it would have been fine. Yeah. Well, the thing is, East Carolina got their butts kicked by UCF like three or four days earlier. No, so I understand. I was like, if, we're talking about a top five team in the country here in Houston. I was like, if, if East Carolina can't hang in within 20 points to UCF, how are they going to hang in by 30 points to Houston? And that was not the case. And somehow they did. Villanova lost last night too. St. John. Oh, yeah. I was really upset. So I put in literally a dollar to make up like four or five bucks just to make up for what I lost. Uh-huh. And uh, I had Memphis um, covering against UCF and then Villanova just flat out beating St. John's and of well, course see, two top five teams <laughs> losing in, within an hour of each other. <laughs> well, so that's the thing where, yeah, I'm doing the same thing. I'm not putting tons of money on this. Like most of the time it's between a dollar and $3 and payouts are anywhere between like say seven and 12 bucks. Mm-hmm. But if I'm putting a dollar in and it hits and I make seven bucks, if I do that twice, we're talking about now I might go out there and have a big parlay, maybe something I feel confident on. Right. Here's five dollars. Here's six dollars. Payouts start getting more. I had one the one I was telling you about where Tennessee screwed me because I got a place a ten dollar parlay bet and you get a free ten dollar bet. So I'm basically betting with house money here. It's a free right. bet. Well, I take I can take anything I wanted. I took Notre Dame Wake to hit the under because they both suck. They did. Hit the un- they by like five points. It got scary there towards the end. Notre Dame was shooting free throws, but Notre Dame won. By the way, we're on the up and up. We're almost five hundred. Uh, actually, I actually had Notre Dame in as part of my. Uh, what was it that was Saturday, right? No, uh, it was this week, Tuesday night. Oh, they destroyed. Yeah. They destroyed Pitt on Saturday. Yeah, I had them. I had that game. I had Notre Dame. As I say, the up and up. Yeah. But yeah, and then. Um, the big one that hit, and then I think it was Toronto. Might have been Toronto. Somebody, somebody in the NBA was playing. I picked them. It was Portland. Portland was playing. Maybe San Antonio. Picked Portland to cover. They did. I forget who the fourth one was, but the third one was Tennessee Ole Miss. Tennessee was on a little bit of a streak here. They beaten Kansas. Now Kansas is having a down year, but they're finding them themselves back towards the top ten in the country. They're playing Ole Miss. This isn't football. Three and a half point favorites. They lost. 157 bucks could have been in my account. Gone. Yeah. But I do have the free $10. It's not like I really lost it. I had to actually have to bet it tonight because otherwise it expires. I'm doing pretty That's good. I've had a... I'm actually too. I'm in the MGM app. I don't know if you've tried that. No. I might have to try the FanDuel or the DraftKings. But the only reason is there's, there must be some partnership with Yahoo and MGM because when I go on mm-hmm. for the fantasy basketball league that we're in, which I know you've lost interest in, thank you for the win last week for not playing no, I, anybody on Sunday. No, the only, yeah, only it was like that last day because I was out and about. So I, I have not lost interest. I'm still, I'm not going to, I'm not going to quit just yet. I'm still, but yeah, that Sunday. Yeah, kid, I'm not saying that you're going to quit on the season, but it was awesome just seeing it Sunday afternoon. Like, Ooh, Matt's got a lot of guys at seven. They're on his bench. And then, like, we get closer. It was 6 o'clock. He still hasn't changed them. 6.50, yeah, still I, hasn't changed I, them. Went in at, like, 7.01. They were still on your bench. I'm like, let's go. 4-1 and one on yeah. the season. Ellis Ellis texted me, and he's like, dude, you didn't change. I was like, oh, oh, well. <laughs> I'm glad he texted you after the fact. I didn't let anyone know because I was just hoping you wouldn't see. Yeah, no. Because you, you might have beat me. We were neck and neck I, going into Sunday. Dennis, I can't tell you how low that was in my priority list over <laughs> the weekend. What could you have been doing? Commissioner Gill would be upset. Yeah, I, I haven't. Who, by given the way, up, is all but... about fantasy basketball because his team is doing so well right now. Right. Yeah. I'm funny sure. how it's funny how that is. I'm the guy sure was going to be football season because yeah. his team sucked. Right. All of a sudden, he's four and one in basketball. Right. If, King, if the roles, King crap mountain. If the roles were reversed, he wouldn't shut up about how he's leaving and doesn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Well, this sucks. We tried it once. Guess we'll never do it again. Like, I'm why? Because you're bad. It's just not fun anymore. Well, man. Uh, any, anywho, yeah, no, it's this has been a lot of fun. It's dangerous, but um, like, like you said, like I, one thing it does is again, if I'm sticking to these kind of just small willy nilly, that's like I've been having a great time watching like schools that I would not care about, regardless. And 
Well, that's what you're seeing in basketball, but you've always kind of been this way with basketball because we're, I mean, maybe you're just a bigger college basketball fan. I lean, it's very close, which one I favor more football or basketball. It's probably football, but it's close, but this will, as long as we have a full college football season next year, well, I guess this season, like we're all expecting Saturdays come all of a sudden you check it at seven o'clock at night. You have a full slate of West coast games that haven't even kicked off and won't kick off for another three to four hours. Hell, Hawaii doesn't usually kick till like 11, 11, 30 East it's, Coast time when they play whatever the hell it's called. They, they come on at midnight, and I was able to watch it, and they were like, during the game, I sent you pictures of it, and everyone's wearing Hawaiian shirts on the broadcast team, and they were like, tweet us, like, uh, you're at home watching the game. And I was like, hey, I got this cool shirt, like, from your store. They're like, what's up? And like, the basketball operations guy like liked it. The, the basketball Twitter account liked it. I was like, I'm officially Hawaiian. Let's go. Nobody would mistake you for Hawaiian. No, they wouldn't. But um, but yeah, I think I think just and we're not gonna get in this again, but but obviously because I've I've made this point when we talk about basketball and college football, just because again, you could be a really small program and still have a shot at relevancy if you win the games that you need to win and and I always thought that was just really cool about college basketball. And that's Dude, why. look at Drake right now. Drake Who the hell is Drake? 17-0? They're undefeated, yeah. They're going for 18-0 in the midst of a pandemic, Yeah. by the way. Here, Dennis, um, if we're co-hosting this one, um, we talked about this before the show. I'd like to move on uh, briefly, and this was a, a, sure, debate, a debate topic. Uh, we're going to kind of go back to football here really quick. Um a debate topic that we've talked about on the show. And the topic of the debate is uh, NFL mock drafts. Um, this came up a few weeks ago when obviously the Giants uh, very barely missed the playoffs. And like days into it, I'm like, okay, I haven't gotten my fill yet. What kind of free agency moves may we make? What are we looking at in the draft? Like what's going on in the offseason? What can I look forward to? I need more football stuff like I can't wait till the end of August of next year and um like I look at a lot of mock drafts as I think most people do most NFL fans I think at least to some extent glance at NFL mock drafts which website I don't know but there's multiple um good ones that have reputable names on them that are coming up with the mock draft material um but I've always been a big fan of mock drafts and I got a lot of heat uh, from our Giants inner circle for saying, hey, look, that's quite interesting. Like, look where, like, um, uh, what's his face? Um, Todd McShay has, as whoever, or, or Mel Kuyper, look, look, where, look where he has the Giants. And I got a lot of beef, like, that, that's going to change 100 times. Like, that's going to blah. And I'm like, it probably will. But the fun thing about mock drafts is, one, I got nothing else to look at. But two, they do a good job of telling you in a general sense of where your team is, not necessarily where your team is looking at, but where they can realistically land based on where their position is and based on what their needs are. And more times than not, I'm not going to say mock drafts have gotten every pick right, like that they say on New Year's Day, this is what the Giants are going to get in April or May, and that it's right. No, but in many cases – I would even argue maybe more times than not the names that you see in the mock draft between say Christmas and draft day are usually about where, where they projected to be. And I wasn't saying take, take mock drafts as gospel, but I was saying for while we have nothing else to go off of, this is interesting to where like tight end is Evan Ingram. The answer, probably not. Do we go with the guy from Florida Pitts? A lot of people are saying that that would be the case. This is why teams before the Giants won't get pits or won't go for pits. Devontae Smith, that would be awesome. The Giants got that, but chances are they're way too low and team so-and-so will get Devontae Smith. I think it's really fascinating. I don't think people need to take mock drafts for gospel, but they're really interesting to look at. I think there's valuable information to them uh, for the fans. That was the argument I was making. Dennis, I know you stand on the opposite of that and you're you're not a fan but that's why i enjoy no that's not true i am a fan i i mean i don't 
delve into them like you do. I don't go online and I mean, there are many people that have trusted people, reporters, analysts, whatever they are. There's more people out there than just the Todd McShay's, Mel Kuyper's of the world. They're probably the most popular because they've been doing it for so long. Right. But there's a slew of other ESPN ones. Yeah. CBS has a bunch, NFL.com, NFL Network, mm-hmm. Yahoo. It doesn't matter. They're, they're everywhere. I, the perfect example for what you're talking about is the Giants last year. Andrew Thomas was the first guy mentioned in every mock draft for the Giants. What's the Giants' biggest need? It's left tackle. This right. is one of the best left tackles coming out. This, he's part of the best offensive line in college football. This is who they should target. This is who they should go after. Now, it did indeed change a bunch of times through the season. They were going offense. They were going other tackles. They were going defensive guys. But at the end of the day, they went Andrew Thomas. Mm-hmm. So from the beginning, the, guys that everyone, the guy that everyone talked about that the Giants should be getting is Andrew Thomas. So from the get-go, whoever they're talking about now, and I will say, I'm seeing more and more people say that depending on where Kyle Pitts might land, I think he's going to go more teens than like where the Giants are at 11. But, oh, my God, he'd be a get for the Giants. Because I'm telling you, I know it's early, and you're going to mock draft, and all oh, the, the Giants need a tight end. They have Ingram. Should they go away from Kyle Pitts is not a tight end. He is listed as a tight end. He's going to be drafted as a tight end. He is a wide receiver in a tight he, – he's a wide receiver with a tight end position tag. He's, he's not a tight end. He is going to play wide receiver in the National Football League. He at times will line up next to the big fellas, the offensive linemen, he is a wide receiver. I thought you were gonna say, I thought you were gonna say he's a wide receiver in a tight end's body. That's what I thought you were going. How would that make sense? It, it wouldn't. That's, that's, just, that's what you were about to say. Oh. Oh man. That's I don't know what a tight end a tight end body just like a bigger, no, because, thicker, slower receiver. Because I saw you like catch yourself and start smiling before you said it. So I thought, I thought you were about to say it and be like, oh, wait, that doesn't make sense. No, I was literally thinking of, like, the tight end tag. Like, what's the best way for me to say this without yeah. sounding stupid? Yeah, I thought you were going to say wide receiver. I'm not that stupid to say he's a wide receiver in a tight end's body, whatever that means. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just – that's what I was saying. I got a lot of flack for saying I enjoy looking at mock drafts and I enjoy kind of measuring them up to what is reality come springtime. So, I mean, if you have any hard-hitting opinions on that, at Matt Dennis Pod, please let us know. But, yeah, I, I enjoy looking at mock drafts, especially it holds me over when my team's not in the playoffs and I'm not really ready to say goodbye to football and I'm not ready to acknowledge how long of a gap there is between the end of the season and the beginning of next season. And let's be – to me, with the mock drafts, like there are two times that you are looking at them. It's right now and then it's probably like the end of March, early April when we're a few weeks out – of the draft. The reason you're looking at it right now is the senior bowl just happened. Mm-hmm. So all these guys that have been evaluated, now you go into the senior bowl and it's one last shot at looking at a lot of guys and this year, especially because the way the season went through and there is no actual combine, there aren't, it's literally just pro days for guys, which are pretty much scripted events. And if you have the right coaches, they set you up to succeed in your pro day. Nobody looks like crap in their pro day, unless things go super bad, yeah. but this is the one and the last shot for a lot of teams to see some of the best players from college. To be fair, it's only the seniors. There are, there are a lot of juniors that are declared there's, that are going to be first-round picks, but they're obviously not playing because it's called the Senior Bowl. But you had guys like Kellen Mond probably wouldn't have gone to the Senior Bowl this year. Mac Jones would not have gone to the Senior Bowl. Why would Devontae Smith go to the Senior Bowl? Najee Harris was not going to go to the Senior Bowl. So that's just a few – guys that normally would not be there, but they were there. Kellen Mond won the MVP of the damn thing. People are saying his stock completely rose. And part of it was just seeing how he is on the sidelines, seeing how he is with the team, his personality, his poise. They know he has the talent. Does he have enough talent? He's got a big arm, but he, he had decision-making issues when he was at Texas A&M. But the way Jimbo Fisher talks about him, and he's developed plenty of great quarterbacks for the National Football League. James Winston was his last one. You know, it hasn't gone great. James Winston was still a top five pick. That's developing a pro quarterback. So it's things like that that happen. So I think, I mean, right now, if you're looking at mock drafts, there's nothing wrong with that. And if you're not all the way in on college basketball, you need something to fill the void of 
your NFL team because we're watching other NFL teams have fun in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Baseball, who the hell knows if baseball is going to happen? The players agree. The players just turned down another offer for Major League Baseball. And did you see this? Mm-hmm. They were supposed to play. They were going to play a shortened season and not take a pay cut. The players still turned it down. So who the hell knows what's going on with that sport? But yeah, I, did. I don't know. Well, Each his own. Who cares? Well, you want to move on to the last uh, NFL topic? Quarterbacks, golf. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Boy, Matthew Stafford. Yeah, sure, my boy. Um, yeah, boy. So does Jared Goff become my boy now? He is now by association your boy. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, well, uh, Dennis's boy Matt Stafford is uh, now. He is my boy. He's a bro. I love Matt Stafford. All right, glad you admitted it. So now he could only be one of our boys. So he, I'm glad he's he, my boy now. He can't be your boy anymore. He left. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I hate you. Um, now I just, I'm going to ask you, right? Because we don't have to recap. It happened the day after, or like yeah. late that night. It was a Friday night news dump. I remember yeah. getting the updates. Like, why is this happening on a Friday night? These are two marquee quarterbacks, marquee Detroit. teams. Detroit Lions sending Matt Stafford to LA for Jared Goff and a few draft picks. Uh, what was it? Two first, two round, first round picks. And a draft third? Picks. And a third? I think it was something like that. So it obviously wasn't working in Detroit for Matt Stafford. Um, so the Rams get a good. I don't court. think it was that. I think it's more it wasn't working for Goff in LA. I think it's a combination. The, the Lions think, are getting the draft picks. They're not. They're gaining a first-round quarterback in golf and well, two first-round picks, things they desperately need. I disagree. Oh. I disagree. One, because Jared Goff, it was working in L.A. for Jared Goff. When L.A. invested enough to put the weapons around him, the Rams were one of, if not the best team. It's in working the NFL. so well that they traded him and two first-round picks. Hold on. With Jared Goff, it worked out very well. Until the Rams decided to sell away all of their assets and leave Jared Goff with nothing. Meanwhile, in Detroit, Matt Stafford, while didn't have great weapons either, and when I say it really didn't work out, I don't necessarily blame Matt Stafford. I've heard he has leadership issues and really isn't a leader on the field in the locker room, at least players that have kind of said that uh, about him in the past. But it never seemed like Detroit really could ever figure out the piece of the puzzle, whether that be the coaching staff, whether that be the weapons they put around Matt Stafford, whether that be the defense. Jared Goff in L.A., while you're right, right now it looked like they, it wasn't panning out. It did pan out at one point. It did. They, they, had, uh, they had a shot. They had a moment to have it pan out, and it did. They were one of the best teams in the NFL, and they ran into the Chiefs. So – while it didn't work out probably the way the Rams and Jared Goff wanted it to work out, there was a window there where it did indeed work for them, and they were one of the best in the NFL. Stafford and the Lions couldn't get into the playoffs. Every time it looked like this was going to be it for the Lions, they found another way to bite themselves in the ass. Or there was some pu- like puzzle piece that they just forgot about, and they did not set up Matt Stafford for success. So while I don't blame Matt Stafford – for them, for Detroit not getting to the playoffs or doing anything super significant in his time there. I also just don't think he was the right guy for Detroit Lions football uh, or whatever. Yeah, that the guy's was. in his mid-30s. And? I'm just saying, to me, for the Lions, this is a no-brainer. No, no, hon, I'm not – we're not, we're not talking about the same thing here. I'm saying – it makes sense why Detroit is getting rid of Stafford. I'm saying it didn't work out there. It wasn't working out anymore for Goff and LA. Detroit needs the capital. Now they got a quarterback. Stafford goes to LA where he can kind of recharge. They could put some weapons around him. Detroit has draft capital now that they can work around. The weapons are there. They can work around Jared Goff. They need some help. Detroit still needs some help. That's what you're talking about. No, I'm talking about L.A. L.A.'s oh, the weapons okay. are there. I was going to say, Detroit needs a lot of help. No, Detroit has no weapons. They have Galladay. That's it. They, they may not even have Galladay soon. But, no, I, I'm agreeing with you on that. This is a win. I think uh, – I'm just disagreeing with your wording of it, saying that the Lions are moving on from Stafford. They are. Yeah, I, I just – I don't think – I think they're looking at this like, okay, yes, we're going to need some draft picks for you because golf has got – an outrageous contract. Stafford's got a big contract too, but golf is getting paid more. He's making more guaranteed money right now because his contract is only a few years old at this point. 
but we're getting a younger quarterback and two first round draft picks. Yes. Take our 33, 34 year old quarterback, Matthew Stafford, take him. I don't see how that's not them moving on from Matt Stafford, though. It makes sense to move on from him when this is the deal. It does, but they're moving on from him. But they don't they don't need to. But when if a team Matt, says, here, Matt, you take our younger quarterback, who's not awful, he's got yeah. some issues, but he led our team to a Super Bowl, and we're going to give you two first-round picks because he's got a huge contract. I'll be like, yeah, where do I he sign? Was their, he was their franchise quarterback for how many years? They haven't been able to make the playoffs. How many different coaching moves? How many different weapons have they put around him, and he still couldn't get them to the playoffs? They're moving on from Matt Stafford. That yeah, is Matthew, Matthew, I think Matthew Stafford was drafted in like, was it 08, 09? He's been there a while. I mean, he had Calvin Johnson. That was, they were dynamic. The teams were never good. He they is, never had but, a good defense. But Dennis, and I hate to put. And yes, the coaching staff, I know the coaching staff. Dennis, he, I, I, I hate to put stake in this, but if you listen to every single member of the, and people out here would like laugh at this. If you put any stake in what their front office says, what their coaching staff says, what the team around Matt Stafford is, says, what local New- or Detroit media, what local everything says, that's their guy. This is our guy. This is our guy. This is our guy. This is our franchise guy. We got to do this. We're putting the pieces together wrong. They moved on from Matt Stafford. Everything about this move makes sense. They're the winners in this move. The Rams aren't losers either. The Rams are in a very good spot now with Matt Stafford. But Detroit was moving on. For- they were looking for a way to do this, and whether it be this year or next year or the year before. They were looking to move on for Matt Stafford, and they did a bang-up job here of doing it. And, yeah, of and, course, because they're getting two first-round picks. Yeah. Where they will, where they will be, I don't know, because I don't see the Rams. And we're not dropping we're not, down as much. It's not like Stafford's a downgrade by any means. Right. He might be a, he might be a plus. He turns the not, ball over a lot, but. And we're not disagreeing on on Detroit being the winners here, and that this worked out for the most part for all parties involved. But I'm just saying. Detroit's been looking for ways to move on. I just don't know if, if they have. Why now? Why, why now? I, I think this has been a not this specific move, but this has been something that the organization has thought about doing for a while. And the rumor mill has said that Matt Stafford has been wanting to do this if the right time came along. And the right time came along. It wasn't, and, and keep in mind, it wasn't just we woke up one morning, oh, man, Matt Stafford's out of Detroit. He announced right at the end of the year that he wanted out, and that was it. And they came to a mutual agreement that their time with each other was done. All right. I so want to correct myself. He's, he's 32. We'll be turning 33 on February 7th, so happy birthday, Matthew Stafford. He was okay. also drafted in 2009. If now we're seeing that he's not our guy anymore, 11 years after the fact, that's yeah. too long for me. I, I agree he with could, you. He, he was at the time – he could have been getting Deshaun Watson pricing where people are saying they need to trade three first-round picks for this guy. That was Matthew Stafford at one point. We yeah. were in a different league back then where the dual threat wasn't as prevalent. But it, Dennis, I agree with you, and that is why the Detroit – one of a thousand reasons why the Detroit Lions organization has been in disarray for years, because you are right. They did not handle this well. Good for them. They eventually came out winners in this situation. I think they come out winners just because of the draft picks. I don't see golf as better than Matt Stafford. No. And, I, don't and think, I, I don't think his arm is as good. I don't know about I honestly decision making. I'm not going to. Really not because how many times have we seen Stafford turn the ball over late in a Lions loss? So, I honestly think there is a potential chance that Jared Goff doesn't even play a snap with Detroit because it would cost them absolutely nothing to get rid of Jared Goff, send him to a team that would need him, maybe Washington. You think they draft a quarterback? I think they could potentially draft Mac Jones. Potentially. Where are they picking? Do you know off the top of your head? Mr. Well, Mock Draft. And Mac Jones right now, back to mock drafts, is projected in early 20th, 21st, 22nd. He's going to to New England. You watch. That's also very possible. That is also very possible. Did you say when the – oh, yeah, they're eighth? Who? I can count here. Two, four, six. Yeah, the Lions are picking eighth this year. Oh, wow, I didn't know they were that early. Okay, then they probably aren't going for Mac Jones. I mean, they could. They could. Daniel Jones at seven. 
I don't think Mac Jones would be going that high, but yeah, I guess that'd be well, a similar situation. And depending on depending on what they see and what teams do in front of them, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, or Trey Lance will be sitting there. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's but, an interesting point. That's an especially where and all three of those guys. I don't know about Wilson because Wilson was a basically a three year starter. You could probably I didn't, I didn't make that up, so I'm not the only one talking about that. I forget where I saw someone like bringing that up. Like this is just golf not playing. This could be a possible thing of them just shipping Goff and getting more capital for him, but but then I mean, yeah, now that that to me makes sense, and that's even hey, Goff's going to come out; he's going to be our starter this year. Trey Lance, who did who played one game all of this year because North Dakota State didn't have a football season, they played one game, and that was it. They're playing in the spring, but he's obviously opted out because he's going to work out and go to the draft. Justin Fields, some people say he could use a year to sit, and then Zach Wilson, we don't know. We don't know how much his skill set will translate to the NFL. Everyone's saying he'll be fine. He's kind of small. So maybe you're right. Maybe that maybe that's what they're thinking was here. We're going to get two first-round picks, one of which we can now use as a skill position player because there is some depth at receiver where they're going to be picking with the Rams pick. Yeah, and I've, I've seen or that. They can, or they continue to help out the defense. Yeah. Um, but. Dennis, one last thing before I say farewell because my laptop will be dying shortly. And uh, we weren't going to talk about this. You didn't want me to, but I'll bring it up anyways. The only other news that we have to report, Yankees relief pitcher Adam Adovino uh, has been shipped uh, to the Boston Red Sox. And uh, Wait, it was a trade? Yes. Oh, who, who, who did we get? Some cash? Uh, some allocation money or a bag of potato chips, maybe. <laughs> um, Perhaps me, a six uh, or a Sam's. Let yeah, it was a trade. Maybe a Dunkin' Donuts gift card. Gift card. A uh, nice spot in the pat in the in the garage at Happy Yad. Uh, yeah, uh, Yankees. The Red Sox got Adovino and pitching prospect Frank. Uh, I'm assuming this pronounced Germán. Um, oh, not Frank. The move was a salary dump, dumped eight eight point fifteen million dollars. But uh, obviously. Adam Adovino, who was awesome. I loved him until not last year. Yeah. Until uh, recently where he just was irrelevant, was not great. Um, didn't need him in the playoffs. I think he came in maybe an inning and a half, maybe two um, throughout our postseason run. And that tells me um, that the Yankees are not really concerned about uh, his career coming back around. If he's trading them to their biggest inner division rival, I mean, obviously the Rays right now are the, their biggest competitor, but their biggest rival, obviously the Red Sox. So anytime you're trading within the division like that, usually is a good signal that you're not too concerned about uh, how that'll pan out in the future. Yeah. Well, I don't really have anything to say on it. You brought up the Yankees, though. Obviously, Brian oh, Cashman throwing Gary Sanchez right under the bus and then backing over him. You saw that? <laughs> You didn't see Brian Cashman just straight up crap all over Gary Sanchez? No, but I love it. Uh, I'm good. I'm just going to wrap the show. If you, I mean, everyone, anyone out there that hasn't seen anything, go on and find the quote. I'll find the quote for you and send it to you. He was on, he was on one of the WFAN channels, I think, and he just they basically asked him what's up with Gary Sanchez, and he was like, if he's not playing well, he's not going to play, and we're not going to make any moves to keep him. He was so... just complete, just. Yep, this is how it is. I'll hold he my breath. The attitude he has, he wants to suck. Guess what? We're putting the uh, little guy Higgy in there. I won't. I won't hold my breath that uh, he won't be playing or that he'll be on the Yankees. I, I guarantee you he will, and he'll just be striking out left and right. And deal with that again. Left, right, and center. Yep. Poor guy. Anyway, Mateo. Anything else? Nope. I have uh, Chiefs thirty-four thirty. I'm taking the over at uh 56 and uh obviously and uh yeah so we and, uh, yeah okay i got and, tampa uh, bay i am also going with the over because i have tampa winning 38 33 cool that would be more than 57 points I we will discuss we will discuss off the air uh, about how we're creating the Matt and Dennis sports book, how you can do your bets through the podcast. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. We're going to give Barstool a run for their money. Yep. Matt. Just place them with us. You can Venmo us. We're actually um, going to open up our own sports book bar. It's uh, for those North Haven people. It's going to be at the location of Vic's Cafe. 
uh, right off Middletown. Uh, that's Middletown Ave, right? No, is it? No, was that Quinnipiac Ave? I don't know. Well, the Vicks Cafe is where we went. The gas the station across the street. Yeah, I think that's Quinnipiac. What is that, Valero? Quinnipiac and Monoese Ave at that intersection. That's that's going to be where Matt and Dennis bar or uh, Matt and Dennis sports book bar it is. Look for the creepy guy sitting there nursing his Bud Light. I promise you he'll be easy to spot. And the elderly woman serving drinks out of a cooler. <laughs> yeah. That's all we got for you this week. As Matt mentioned earlier in the show, follow us, Matt and Dennis Pod on Twitter. Hit us up on Facebook. But I'm Dennis Fitzy. He's Matt Scrum. Adios. And sorry, this episode was a wreck. <laughs> Adios. <laughs> I thought it was our best one ever. <laughs> <laughs>